Hi, I'm Luke Heisler. And I'm Jay Cox. Welcome to this week's episode of Audibility Podcast. Our goal is to showcase the importance of community in life and to explore different ideas and topics within culture with our new friends, you guys. This week, we talk about modern cinema. And it's pinnacle, God's not dead. If you talk about that movie you one more time, there's we're done. We're done with the podcast. Stop it. All right, anyways. Can you just, can you just apologize? No. Anyways, we discuss themes in film, our favorite movie props, and how it shapes our view of culture. So grab yourself for only $2.95, not just a cup of coffee, but an absolutely defining sense of self. Tall, decaf, cappuccino. And enjoy the episode. I think my favorite is Silence. Um, still, it's, yeah. I mean, such an incredible book and movie. Like, mm. The way it depicts, the way it talks about Christianity is refreshing, and it's challenging. Like, it's not easy yeah. to digest. You watch it, and you're conflicted about what, what you know, the silence of God. Like, how, what is that like? And then, like, what is apostasy? Jay, welcome to Audibility. Welcome. How are you this week? I'm good. What are we going to talk about today, sir? <coughs> wow, you're just jumping I'm, I'm right ready. into it. <laughs> I'm ready. Um, today, we're going to talk about film, mm. modern cinema, and the way it shapes our culture, and how we can navigate that responsibly. Yeah, navigation and responsibility and all that, all that do, fun mm, stuff. Who do we have on the podcast today? Introduce yourself, young man. Uh, my name is Lewis Hightower. Um, I'm an HDFS major here at Anderson. Mm. Hi, Lewis. Yeah. Hey. You by far have one of the coolest last names I think I've ever. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate Full that. N- what's your middle name? Jo- uh, my middle name's Lewis, actually. Oh, well. Yeah. First name John. Is that what you're about so, to yeah, say? it is. I was going to be John Lewis. Hi- that's like yeah. a solid. That's a solid name. That's a, wow. That's Thank like you. a president's name. Thank you. I appreciate that. Can I steal that, that for a story or something? Yeah, you can use my name. Okay. Sorry. Awesome. Yeah. Great. <laughs> All right. So um, let's just jump right into it. Okay. Uh what was your favorite movie as a child? Because I think that's a fun, a fun place, fun, fun thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, mine personally was Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Solid. Amazing. Very solid. Yeah, great, great. Taylor Lautner. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> that girl's name. Yeah. <laughs> that other that guy. Yeah. George oh. Lopez. Oh man. I always George. get that in Spy Kids confused. Like every what? time I see a scene, I feel like if you take a scene from Spy Kids and scene from Shark Boy and Lava Girl, you can interchange them <laughs> and it still works exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> you get the same story. Yeah. yeah. Oh. The shame though is we never got a Shark Boy and Lava Girl 2. Honestly, right. don't know why we did it because that's yeah. prime, 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 prime real estate. Real estate. It's free real estate. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> free real estate. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I I uh, I have to say Jurassic Park. Yeah. I love Jurassic Park. A little as a bit kid. more of an intellectual. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just because of the dinosaurs. I Pretty mean, baller. not for any specific reason, but then like going back and watching it now, it's like, wow, this is a, <laughs> this is a good movie. Like Steven Spielberg, you know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. Um, what about you? Mine, I don't know. I have to cheat a little bit. It's Band of Brothers. So that's a really 
like mature thing to watch as a child. And I would say child, more like middle school, probably like elementary school, middle school. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. It's just the first sense of what like I don't obviously I've never been in combat, so I don't know what that would be like. But it, it gave, I think, a realistic yeah. sense of the closest thing a layman could relate to when it comes in terms of combat so band of brothers is an incredible yeah. and it's a movie miniseries so i guess you know cheating you could bit, watch it as a movie yeah, if right. you really were dedicated right um it took you like 16 hours <laughs> get through. whatever dude um what about your favorite book adaptation mm. yeah honestly i'm just gonna have to go with harry potter yeah just it's a classic just for sure near and dear to my heart uh-huh like First, first oh, three, good. first three, mm, yeah. but like you start getting four and on, that's starts. Uh, Deathly Owls Part One, slap. Hello, <laughs> the, the Christological symbolism in, in number two. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I would have to say. Um, so actually, I found out last night that Departed is. No way! What? Yeah. Really? It, I didn't did know did that. you watch it? No, I, Lewis. I said I was going to, and I slacked big time. Come I'm so on. sorry. <laughs> well, it's all right. We'll watch it. Um, no, The Departed is is not. So it's not actually no. I'll take it back. It's not a book adaptation. It's adapted okay. from a Hong Kong film called Infernal Affairs. Huh. And I thought it was Internal okay. Affairs <laughs> yeah, up yeah. until about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that it was so it glad <laughs> you corrected yourself. Infernal Affairs. <laughs> um, and I checked like eight different sources because I was like, oh, that looks like a typo. But no, it's Infernal Affairs. Um, wow. But so I would say my favorite book adaptation um, is There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Is about incredible flick. Mm. The oil industry, the early oil industry and drilling. And that sounds amazing. <laughs> it's a, it's a great great movie. I highly recommend you go watch it. It's about the struggle between um like greed and religion basically. Yeah. It's um, it's a wild ride. And it was actually adapted from <coughs> Oil by Upton Sinclair. Oh boy. Oh, cool. Oh boy. He wrote The Jungle too, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great book. Never mm-hmm. read it, but heard it's heard it's wild. Good. There's my answer. Yeah. You're going to you're going to find that I want to be cultured, but boy, am I <laughs> am I slack. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read that. Nope. I haven't seen that. Nope. Okay. Great. I think um, I think my favorite is Silence. Um, still, it's yeah, I mean, yeah. such an incredible book and movie. Like mm. the way it depicts, the way it talks about Christianity is refreshing and it's challenging. Like it's not easy yeah. to digest. You watch it and you're conflicted about what what you know the silence of god like how what is that like and then like what is apostasy and like what deems if you apostatize what is you know how do you apostatize like yeah. what determines you being a christian and what determines his, you not being a christian his struggle at the end of that movie where <coughs> basically he's tr- they're telling him to step on this image of jesus the, the fumi yeah, yeah. Fume. I don't Fume. 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 I think Fume. it's Fume. Sure thing. Yeah, we'll but, go, yeah. We'll sure, go sure. I've heard it both Fume. ways. <laughs> yeah. um, but telling him to step on it, and basically he hears this voice like "Step on me." Yeah, and that's just like that raises such a str- like. How does that work? I won't be surprised if you knew this, but so after our conversation last night, I went and watched Silence again. Oh, nice. Um, of course, yeah, as one does. <laughs> and when he steps on it. 
you can hear a rooster yeah, crow. Yeah, I did distance. know that. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. which is so cool. It's awesome. I'm very happy. To well, that. that uh, can we? Can we? I just want to go here. I'm. I'm just going to do it. Whatever. Um, did, did Peter when he denied Jesus was that apostasy? I, mm. I think that's what the, the question that's, that's that the, the movie question, asks. Yeah, that's yeah. like is, one of them at least. Yeah, right. I mean, and I don't know if we can. Yeah. even know the answer to that I think right apostasy um, is a strange question yes yeah. D- denying i think it's denying christ's deity and that he you know right but if he tells so you to do it yeah. is it apostasy like is that yeah that's the question that the movie asks and that's why i think it's fantastic is that it, it creates that dialogue like yeah what does that mean yeah i like i like one of my favorite parts about it is that there's no christ figure like right everybody's either a Peter or a Judas. Oh, mm. really? And it's oh. because yeah. um, Liam Neeson's character just straight up. Certainly. He's Judas. certainly Judas. Yeah. And then the he two. He has like a little bit of like a weird Satan vibe at one point. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. He, he, he was like tempting. What, what, what's Andrew Garfield's character? Um, what's Rod- oh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah. 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 He was like full on tempting him. He's basically point. like, you need to stop because everybody's dying right and being tortured yeah oh and the scene where he's in the cell and, the, uh-huh. and he can hear them all yep Ugh. and and uh the other guy there is like they've already apostatized right they're just waiting on you on you yeah me and my dad watched that together on a plane and we were weeping yeah like it's definitely that kind of movie for uh, sure that'll leave you and it's i mean it it asks a question like what does what if you're on the hook for somebody else what what do you do? What do you do? And it's like, it also asks the question, like, at what point is it not worth it? Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, because every every choice that Adam Driver's character makes, and um, I feel like he's the least Peter or Judas character. Yeah. Driver's character. Mm-hmm. But just I think it's just because we don't focus on him. So and we don't get to see. And I think also it's because eventually, well, that's a spoiler. Um, well, we kind of just spoiled the entire movie. <laughs> oh, we did. Uh, eventually, he's uh, he becomes a martyr, right? And I, so I think that's why we kind of view him as maybe a tier above the other two, right? Um, but mm. I like how Scorsese paints all three of their choices, and even the fisherman guy, mm. he paints all of their choices as morally ambiguous, right? Like there's no right or wrong answer. When the film right. ends, there's no really solid con- conclusion to the questions it asked. We're left to decide for ourselves. It really makes you think. Like that's, kinda, that's how the way that's the way life works. Yeah, you know. Mm. I mean, there there is a right and wrong answer, but like a lot of times it's like, okay, like what are we supposed to do? You like, know? like mm. by the end, there's no redemption for any of the characters. Uh-uh. They're all left with a moral yeah. burden. It's just the end that where he's he like is buried and like has that little. He has like a little figurine of Christ, right? It's or a crucifix, yeah. I think. So yeah. it's, that's actually, so I have a little bit of a beef with that. That's actually not in the book. Yeah. So the ending of the movie is different than the ending of the book. Uh. So in the ending of the book, he just, he like, you can, he comes to terms with what he's done. But if I'm remembering correctly, he comes to terms with what he's done and gets back on, quote unquote, the right track like of his Christianity. But... That all that is like omitted in the movie, and he's mm. just like shown buried with a crucifix, which is symbolic that he in in the end he never he, left. He he got on the right track again. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's I, just a difference. I found this quote um, last night 
I think it's Martin Scorsese. I, I can't remember. And then I went to look for it, and the article is just so long. So Mar- maybe Martin Scorsese said this. Maybe it was Jay Heard Cox. Here. Martin Scorsese <laughs> said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It says, <laughs> the clearest and most effective way of understanding the movie is to view it f- through Rodriguez. His arc hangs on a double thread. A European missionary in Japan, which from the 21st century might seem like a white savior complex, or a priest realizing or a priest struggling to understand how to imitate Christ and realizing slowly that he can't or at least not the way he thought he should. Oh. Mm. Genius. He's so oh, if that is we Scorsese. Love Scorsese. Yeah, I do like J2, but yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think in Let's my just talk about Scorsese for just for a little bit. Yeah, for okay, what yeah. I know. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mar- okay. So Martin Scorsese direct wrote and directed my favorite movie, The Departed. Incredible movie. Um, Lewis skimped out on us and didn't I watch did. it, so, so we we'll can't, discuss. We can't really talk about it too much because I don't want to spoil it for Lewis. I do still want to watch it. Yeah. Um, I went through. Um, f- I took. I have notes on this movie. That's how much I love it. And I I looked I've through my it. notes and I uh I organized <laughs> my thoughts into four themes throughout the film the theme of identity mm-hmm. okay. uh father-son relationship oh yeah the rat yes and death time now which is x's we won't talk about death time now because that's big spoilers for lewis mm. we can talk about that later though because it's really cool yeah, okay um that's just what i named the theme death time now <laughs> really <laughs> what yes um but so identity the movie really plays on like how your identity this is going to sound stupid but how your identity plays into who you are and like mm. the decisions you make the emotions you put forward your confidence and even it can affect your goals like i think it's less about identity <coughs> and more about who you put on as your identity because i think that well it's it's also about a loss of identity because billy leonardo dicaprio's character becomes lost in because he's undercover yeah Mm. That's not a spoiler. No, it's not. No. I'm so being basically, very careful. The beginning of the movie, you're presented with Martin Scorsese or Martin Scorsese's character. Um, you're presented with Leonardo DiCaprio's character, who and uh, Matt Damon's character, who are both training to be police officers, police officers. in the Massachusetts. Mm. But you police. realize that Matt Damon's character is a rat for the mob, mm. and then you realize that Leo's character is. Uh, going to be sent undercover into the mob, so you have these dual characters. Oh wow! Very, yeah. very intriguing. It's, uh, it's I, I haven't seen it, so obviously I don't know for sure. But it sounds a lot like the, your your topic of identity and how that portray how Martin Scorsese portrays that is. I'm getting like some Shutter Island vibes. I don't know, like it's I just seen like Shutter Island. You have seen Shutter Island? Yeah, I have not. Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. and I haven't seen Mark it. Mark Ruffalo. Oh, you weren't there when we watched it. I wasn't. Uh, but That's right, am I, is that is that like kind of because you know I, he struggles with his identity and plays this part in a way because he feels yeah. like he's in the role. It, it's more deliberate though. Okay. Um, because he knows. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's the the whole film is a race to find the identity of the mole in the police and the mole in the in the mob. It's so good. Um, I will. I'm oh, definitely gonna give it a watch. It's very good. Yeah. Um, and then the father's the theme of like a father-son relationship. Just the mob boss is kind of this father figure to both Leonardo DiCaprio 
Leonardo the character is Caprio, <laughs> <laughs> and Matt Damon's character he he kind of acts as this as this father. Mm. And then uh, my favorite my favorite shot in the film is at the end, and I won't give the context for it, but it's a rat. So Matt Damon lives in this apartment oh yeah, okay, I've seen that. I've overlooking seen that. the state house. Uh, the Massachusetts State House, which is this big golden dome on the top of it, beautiful, beautiful building, um, and it's in the window overlooking it, and a rat scurries across the nice. the uh, it's windowsill. I was like, oh, and no. <laughs> when it's paired with the context of the end of the film, it's, it's just wild. It's wild. Wow. Everyone, watch it right now. <laughs> Honestly, uh, if you're sensitive to lang- harsh language and violence, Sh- just don't watch it. Violence. Like don't watch it. Please but don't. if you're not and you really Full want a good movie sin, to watch, maybe. if you know me personally and you want to have a movie night, just come to me and say, Hey, let's watch The Departed. I own it. So Anytime. Let's do that. Um Moving on. Moving on. Um That was kinda You want to talk about best just prop? Me geeking out. Yeah, what's your best prop in from a movie, lightsaber. Oh no no, 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 no! Let's restart because that was a weird way of yeah, idiot. It. Sorry, I, you Same asked me. I didn't. <laughs> so uh, moving on, yeah. Um, yeah. I think we talked about uh, last night uh-huh. this idea of props in movies yeah. um, being just people don't talk about props, just like people don't talk about microwaves. Like you right. just don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do that. Sure, um, it's a, that's a callback for. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, episode eight. Go, go listen. Um, but episode nine. But whatever. Was it nine? Yes. Oh, eight is. Mar- yeah, sorry. Um, but what is your favorite prop in a movie? Me, uh, Lewis. <laughs> I look. I at think. You, <laughs> I think. Um, it, there's none more like known in pop culture than the lightsaber. Oh, well, um, you're wrong. Well, I don't think so. No, I, I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely right. I think, I mean, especially growing up, yeah. like, if you yeah. didn't go through a Star Wars phase, I really, like, I feel, feel like everybody. You. Yeah, I feel for you. Because I feel like everybody went through Star Wars phase, and there's none more. Like, it's, I think, the perfect prop. It's contingent. Like, you need it for the story to continue. It portrays, like... We love MacGuffins. Yeah, it portrays, like... <laughs> A MacGuffin is a, a, is a plot device, a prop yeah. that moves the... Oh, yeah. sorry, I made a confused face in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it portrays, um, like, lineage, like family lineage, obviously. Mm. And then it's evocative of personality, and because um, each color means something different. So yellow means you're a stupid idiot, right? <laughs> hey, Skywalker! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But... <laughs> I just, it's like, it's offensive, it's defensive, it's its everything that is Star Wars. Who do you think so is the best that. lightsaber wielder? Lightning. There's one right answer. Makes Darth Maul? Dog. It's it's Obi-Wan. No. Uh, Dude, what are you talking no, about? No, if Mace you're talking Windu. about the coolest lightsaber, probably Mace Windu because... Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Sam Jackson, Jackson was like just like... Forcibly put that in there. <laughs> Give me a purple yeah. lightsaber. <laughs> well, do you know why? Because he wanted in that in himself. that big battle, yeah. he wanted to see himself. <laughs> he, he wanted to see serious? himself. Yeah, that's yeah. the only reason he did it. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh. <laughs> um, hmm. I would have to say, The Departed. Um, 
course. You know, prop from the departed. It's a severed hand in a plastic bag. It's that's an intense scene. So Jack Nicholson <laughs> plays this mob boss and he's sitting at a table with this guy with Leonardo DiCaprio's character and he he picks up this just bag and it's bloody and he unzips it and pulls out a severed hand and he starts gesturing around with it. <laughs> and I just think it's so funny and, and scary. You're just like he does it out of nowhere. Like there's no context. He just like pulls it out. And you're like, what? What yeah. is happening? Like they were they were like, he was like picking out a lobster, and then he just pulls out this hand. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> you can't. You stop. Um, but aside from that, I might say Wilson. Yeah, mm, that's a good that's one good. for sure. Um, he has his own IMDb page. Yeah. Did you so know that? <laughs> I, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know if he's a prop. I think he might be a character. Right. Well, mm. I, I just I like how props, especially like you can use them as like a tool or as something to further the plot. And I think that's what mm. Wilson does. Like it keeps Tom Hanks talking like yeah. that was his role. But it ended up being so much more than that. And like you ended up feeling for their relationship at the end, even though it's a, a volleyball. It's, it's like a you really felt like he was a part of yeah. you. Honestly, when the first time I watched it and he like floated away, I got like emotional. Yeah, even, yeah, like, yeah. It was, it's like a pet. Why almost. am I yeah. crying about a volleyball? <laughs> like, Castaway is a phenomenal yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Movie. Uh, great movie. I'll say my favorite prop um, is the coin from uh, No Country for Old Men. Uh, Ooh. Great. So basically this guy who's a serial killer, but like a hired hitman as well, yeah. this weird combo kind of thing. And he, it's like one of the opening scenes, right? Yeah. He mm-hmm. goes in this gas station and tells the, the clerk heads or tails. And it, well, first there's this really tense, awkward, dark conversation. Right. That yeah. They have before. Yeah. And then he's like, heads or tails. And the clerk's like, what? He's like, just heads or tails. And, it's like which one's which, and there's, he's he's just like it's just like, pick, what are the odds? just, just yeah. pick it, and I don't remember what he picks, but he flips it and lands and grabs it and turns away, and the guy doesn't kill him, and it's just mm-hmm. like so. And throughout the film, it's just this like. Well, I think the line before that, like what he says, he's like, "What you know? I want to know what I'm playing for." Yeah, and he says like, "You have you gain." You, you can gain everything or you can lose everything. And he's like, what are you t- like? It, that's so vague. And then he's like, but, call it. Right. Call it. And then, but in oh, the, and in the, the, the oh, his voice is just like, so call it. yeah, <laughs> we talked about, um, the, uh, in our own conversation, the theme of Christology in film, talk about the opposite of that with Anton Chigurh. Yeah. In no country for old men. Ooh. Like probably the closest representation to death in that like yeah. mythological sense. Yeah. Like emotionless, ever. emotionless yeah. killing. Um, like that that one point he gets into a car accident in the film and he just kind of gets out. Yeah. You know, his arms like gross and wiggling around and he's like no emotion on his face. He yeah. like winces once, but then he just, oh, just shrugs. So and he's good. so yeah. slow and methodical and he wears all black and his hair cut. But sponsor, sponsor us. us. <laughs> 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 um, that's a great. That's a great movie. Incredible film. Um, yeah, really good movie for sure. And I love the the way it, the like. The ending is kind of whack. No, I, I like the ending. It's, it's mm. a little strange. Um, I like the ordinarity. Is that a word? It is now. Ordinarity. The ordinariness. The the ordinary. I love how ordinarily. <laughs> 
I love how ordinary the No, no, I love how I love how ordinarily I love how ordinarily um the film portrays heroes. Yeah. It does not yeah. raise them up on a pedestal. Right. I'm not going to talk about that really anymore because it's kind of spoilers. But we just okay. No, we didn't. I mean, I guess not. That's a that's a movie you don't want to spoiler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and true. The Departed. Mm. The Departed. The Departed. <laughs> um, Smart Pack. So, Smart Pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so many people came up to me after the Super Bowl. They're like, I saw, I saw the Smart Pack commercial, and I'm like, first of all, don't try to say it. <laughs> 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 oh man. Okay. So. We're all Christians here. <laughs> yes. yes. Right. So, Sh- really? You're, you're a Christian? Are, are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's this kind of stereotype with with Christian cinema. Oh, no. That um, it's not usually very good. Which stereotype is true, yes. in my yes. opinion. Not, not well, in all cases. In most cases. Yeah. Most yeah. cases, most. for sure. Um, but then, uh, okay. So th- there's this kind of idea that uh, that we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Yeah. Um, to me, at least, a lot of Christian films like God's Not Dead mm. and um, even Courageous and Fireproof to some extent. Haven't seen those. Feels like propaganda. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It, it's trying yeah. to it's trying to prove this point and and push people towards Christianity. And what what was the what did you talk about? I so actually. I'm in systematic theology with Luke Stamps. Shout out. Um, <laughs> Sponsor us. Sponsor us. <laughs> and he, he talked about there's a movie out. I think it was called The Blimp. And basically okay. the whole premise of the movie is that there's these Christians who are like, how can we spread the gospel most effectively to this entire city? I don't remember which one it was. but yeah. um, And they were like, well, let's put the gospel on a blimp and just fly it over the city. And they were like, okay, dope. And so they had to create this infrastructure to, like, get all the permits and all these different things. And sort of the point of the whole movie is like, oh, well, they could have, instead of wasting their time and energy on getting a blimp to put the gospel on, they could have just shared the gospel with somebody sitting up next to them. Yeah. So, <coughs> yeah. I think that's the kind of premise of all Christian Yeah. I agree, and most most Christian films. Yeah, something that we talked about the other day too, Lewis, was um, there's there's Christian film that's like God's Not Dead, and then yeah, and the then pinnacle of modern. The, yeah, God's right. Not Dead too. <laughs> the pinnacle of modern. Oh, the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Depending on who you ask, if you ask me, though, phenomenal movie. Amazing. <laughs> I don't know how it's. I was yeah. no oh, false. Oh man. <laughs> um, but then there's movies like Silence. Mm. Yeah. Uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. Killer movie. Fun Great fact movie. here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Silence was written. Martin Scorsese had this idea in his head. It's adapted from a, a novel, mm-hmm. and he wrote it in 2009 from the novel, the screenplay, uh, with this guy named Jay Cox. No way. <laughs> yeah. No way. Yeah. It's spelled like the exact inversion of my name, like J-A-Y-C-O-C-K-S. <laughs> that is wild. Isn't that crazy? Um, <laughs> and then he actually had to stop writing, um, like co-writing the screenplay about halfway through because the religious undertones were, he was too sensitive to them. It was too much. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Really? Wow. I mm-hmm. did not know that. I yeah. did not know that. But Silence is an incredible yeah, great film. Awesome. Movie. Great book, too. Yeah. But oh I haven't my read goodness, the book. The movie is amazing. Mm. It's one of the best movies, yeah. I think, ever. Yeah, I really like it. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, though. And then there's other movies like 
Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't want to say everybody's seen that, but it's up there. A lot of people have seen mm, that. Um, Yeah. Very controversial. Oh yeah. Which I didn't until we were talking. We were kind of convening about this yesterday. I didn't. I've I've never really heard that before. Really. It's like a controversial thing. Which I mean, I understand with the graphicness of it. Well, Mm. I mean, you do anything with religion and it's going to be almost controversial. Yeah, but like, that's how it would have been. Like, that's Mm. even worse than that, probably. Like, I don't get why that's a controversial thing. Neither do I. Um, And like, in the end, doesn't he like come back to life? Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I don't don't (laughs) see what the controversy is. Um, Martin Scorsese actually directed another religious movie called yeah. The Last Temptation of Jesus. Yeah, with Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe yeah. played Jesus. Yeah. And um, Harvey Keitel was Judas Iscariot. And they were oh, the, yeah, I didn't know They that. were the two kind of leads That one that. is even more controversial I haven't seen that movie. than Passion oh. of the Christ. Well, because it, 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 Martin Scorsese even says, I think there's a disclaimer at the beginning of the movie that says um, this veers from the gospel. This right. is not a gospel-driven right. story. But, I mean, like, I, have you heard the, like, people were, like, Christians were buying it and oh, burning yeah. it and, like, like What's assaulting moviegoers. So, um, if I'm remembering correctly, it portrays Jesus um, as really struggling with and giving into certain temptations like mm. selfishness and mm-hmm. um, like self-loathing, depression, lust, mm. um, wow. all that stuff. And to me, the movie's less about Jesus and more about a picture of like a modern Christian. But that's yeah, just okay. my, my interpretation of it. I can see that, and I mean, what, what's the point of the like? What is what is he trying to get across? I don't really know. Oh. It's yeah. I, I think that. that what Luke said that how it reflects a modern Christian about how we're trying to be Christ-like, but yet these temptations and sin keeps coming into yeah, our lives. I think that's an astute observation. There's one point in, in the middle. Yes. That's a good word. <laughs> Thank you. A good S word. Superfluous. Oh yeah, with uh, a lot serendipitous. of serendipitous. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I love anyway. We love vocabulary. <laughs> yes. Um at, like in the middle of the movie he gets crucified. But then he actually comes down off of the cross because this girl I think comes to him and is like, "Hey, it's been lo- so long since I've watched it. You're not the Messiah, but you are the son of God, so you can hmm. step down and Wow, that's But then later at the end of the movie he like Jerusalem is like being destroyed or something and he like crawls through the city and mm-hmm. gets back on the cross and dies. Wow, that's... It's, it's a wacky a movie. a lot of freedoms when making that movie. <laughs> oh, for, for sure. sure. Interpretive freedoms, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that, that, begs, that calls into question how, in more religious films, how much liberty could you take? Like, it, at what point do you, are you like, okay, this is just them taking creative freedoms. Like yeah. there's some creative freedoms taken in Passion of the Christ, like the way right. that oh, for Mel sure. Gibson portrays. It's a very Catholic way of looking at mm-hmm. um, the story of Christ. But then, how far is too far in that? Like what what point is that just straight heresy? Which I would say, I think maybe Martin Scorsese missed the mark there. Yeah, probably. But, but mm-hmm. like that, that's a point, mean, that's a good question. Like what do y'all can think we about even? That? Like I just feel like anytime someone a person tries to encapsulate what Jesus is, I think we fall short. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there's oh, any yeah. way that we can say, hey, look, this is, because we're broken people. Yeah. So I don't think that broken people can say, hey, look, this is what Jesus is, because we can't even comprehend how perfect he was. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, um, for sure. I think, uh, too, in Martin Scorsese's kind of take on it, 
Um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> hey, wow. Martin Scorsese thought of it. He he doesn't. There he goes. Yeah, he <laughs> he doesn't focus on like the right parts of Jesus. Like he gets he, married. Right? Ooh, is that I'm right? Pretty sure. It's been so long since I've watched both yeah. those movies. <laughs> um w- let's let's kind of shift from that and talk about the Oscars. Mm-hmm. That's coming up this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um what what do you what do you, what's your take on specifically best picture? Uh, gosh, there's so many. And I haven't seen full disclosure, I haven't seen everything. Yep, neither have I. But um already other have I that I've seen. Have you seen any? A, You've seen Joker. Seen Joker and Little Women and Little Women, mm-hmm. incredible film. Great oh movie. my gosh, yeah. I could talk about Little Women. Yeah, for hours. it's a great movie for sure. But I, I don't know. I just it's such a it's such a the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's just such a such a close race. Like I feel like there's so many great contenders, and I don't know. I know Parasite blew me away, and I wasn't. I went in with low expectations um, and thought that the subtitles were going to be a challenge, but um, was blown away with how, mm. how it ended. So out of the ones that I've seen, that's got to be my pick for this picture. I hate that this is my pick because I don't want it to yeah. I don't want it to win. I love the director. I love the two leading men in it. Mm. And Margot Robbie did phenomenal. I think I think once upon a time in Hollywood will win. Mm. Um, I haven't seen it. And that's just because. Who does the voting? Right. Is wait. Who it, does the voting? The Academy, the Hollywood, yeah. the oh, Hollywood top yeah. directors, top. Oh, it's like so it's like, a, it's like a love song to Hollywood. It basically. literally right. is. And also, Quentin Tarantino has said this is his second to last movie. He's doing ten, and then he's done, and he's going to move on to other forms of entertainment. Um, and if you look at like kind of these last ditch attempts to give people. An Oscar, like Leonardo DiCaprio won for The Revenant when he had a career full of yeah. better roles. Um, I think this that is was just an incredible movie, a, by the amazing. way. Amazing. Great movie, yeah. Um, oh, who's the director? Shoot. Shoot. It's a Spanish name, I think. I just misspelled that so bad. Alejandro Gonzalez. Inaritu. Inaritu, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good movie. Okay. Any I can talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact, really quick. Only use natural light. I did not that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. There's one scene that he didn't, and it's a fire. Um, and the fire was inconsistent with the wind. Um, so they put they had like an orange gel right off camera wow. to create this kind of fire glow, but that's the only time. Also, Leonardo DiCaprio really just took a chunk out of a bison liver. Wow. For real, Baller. that's a phenomenal movie. Anyway, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will win, just because of the nature yeah. of the movie. I, I've only, se- I'm pretty sure I've only seen two of the nominees, w- which, as you said, Joker and Little Women. Mm-hmm. Out of those two, I think just for sheer, just incredible movie is Joker. Mm-hmm. Little Women is an incredible movie. Don't like mm-hmm. the original, incredible, but this one's just um, really wild. unpopular opinion, and I'm probably gonna get ridiculed for this <laughs> I like this one better oh yeah this little one too yeah yeah oh I, I don't care if I get slide for that I, it's definitely better okay. I think we need to do a three-way handshake <laughs> okay awesome um, I love Winona Ryder on the record <laughs> <laughs> let, let the record be shown that we just did a three-way handshake <laughs> um, 
I love Renona Ryder, but also this, that movie was incredible. But The Joker, I was, I remember we we went to a drive-in movie uh, theater to see that, and afterward, me and Luke were just aghast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't think it's even in the running. I don't either. To I me, it might as well. It's a little too controversial, I think. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's just if you look at the history of best picture wins, especially like last year, Green Book. What? Right. The movies, the other movies that were nominated last year, I, Green I, Book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it was about um, a driver for this guy. Some guy. I, oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it once. It did not resonate with me. It was uh, not memorable for me. Uh-huh. But all the, this is probably the best um, best picture lineup in five years it's so good it's so good um but But it is it's sad that the academy votes and they don't ever like i don't know these artistically challenging movies that are taking risks like joker and and parasite exactly yeah they don't ever get yeah the recognition that i think they deserve i think the real three contenders are once upon a time in hollywood um the irishman Mm. and marriage story you don't Uh, think 1917 i I think 1917 i I think it's marriage story parasite 1917 okay I think I think um, I think 1917 will take best cinematography, no doubt about that's it. That frustrates me because yeah. the Lighthouse got nominated. That's the only other one it got. Lewis I'm a big fan of the yeah. Lighthouse. It's one of my favorite movies. So, yeah. so full disclosure. I think but we could talk about Lighthouse for an entire episode. Yeah, so yeah. we won't. I don't think we need to. <clears throat> but get also, too let's into that. not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, ask us about it in person. It's <laughs> no, or genuinely yeah. do. And if you've seen it, I would. We'd love to talk. It's to you shocking, about it. but yeah. we're not. No, yeah. this is not going to. I posterity. love explaining it. So <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. The way you explained it yeah okay let's just anyway, stop. Anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, marriage story one of my yeah, one of my really favorite good. movies really I've good. seen this year I won't be upset to be honest I feel like I won't be upset if any of them win right like I'm not gonna be like oh my gosh what the world that's not what I wanted um, I'll I, be genuinely like yeah that's I can I, understand that okay <laughs> I really want I really really want Sirsa Ronan to win best actress yeah um, and I want Leo to win best Actor, just because I love uh, Adam Leo. Driver is getting it though. I, I think I think he yeah. is. And Adam I'm, Driver's a ball. And yeah. I'm so happy for him. Yeah, like he deserves that for sure. Um, which like that's the only person that I wouldn't mind getting it over Leo. Yeah, in the right because it's not really stacked. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix, I'd be I'd love for yeah. him to get it too. Um, <coughs> he did an incredible job. Oh my gosh! Somebody that I think nobody thinks will get something, but will is Florence oh my Pugh. Gosh. She played. She was the lady in Little Women. Amy, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I could marry her. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Have have you seen her um, Instagram stories about her cactus? Yes, about her cactus. Yes, she makes ice cream all the time. Oh my god, she's the best. I really. (laughs) I'm like my biggest sponsor us. Yeah, (laughs) sponsor us, Florence. (laughs) I I think I'm less in love with her than you, but I'm. She played a role in Outlaw King, which is incredible. But she played like. A French one, uh, and it was just like, like what? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Like, and then she did. You're, um, not, you're not French. Then she did Midsummer. Oh, I haven't seen that. Gosh, what a good movie! Oh my word. Um, really weird, but it's really so weird. Good. And then she was in, she was in, uh, was Little Women. Little Women. Um, a- Amy's my favorite character in that movie. In this, yes, adaptation, of course, of and not just because yeah, of her. Florence Pugh, but she's so funny. I mean, in she's this movie. so funny. And the so scene, good. The scene where she's crying outside of the uh, is it the Lawrence house? Yes. Yeah, and and she got hit on her hand. He's right. Stand, yeah. ha- have you seen that scene breakdown? By the way, no, no. Oh, that's great scene breakdown. Anyway, she like the guy. He's stand. Uh, Laurie standing on a chair. Yeah. Which you know. 
why? Right. Anyway. Right. <laughs> and he's like, there's a girl. And he's like, there's not a girl. And he's like, there's a girl. And she's like, he's like, whoa, there's a girl. And yeah. then they like invite her in. She's yeah. crying because her. Devastated. I, I don't remember why. Because um, she got hit. Oh, she's yeah. She's drawing that picture of her teacher and she got hit. And just the way she yeah. talks. She's like, I can never go my home again. Scene, <laughs> my favorite Amy moment in that whole movie is when she's sitting there and. She's like, it opens up with her like foot in a bucket. She's like <laughs> pounding down this mold around it. Yeah. She goes, I'm making a mold of my foot for Lori to show him how perfect my feet are. <laughs> and then she gets her foot stuck and she can't get it out. By far the best. That's I, her, my favorite. Oh my god. That's gosh. like her first line to Lori. Is yeah. she, she <laughs> yeah. says, um, yeah. she, he's like, who are you? She's like, I'm Amy, Amy. and I yeah. can never go home again. And I have the best feet in my family. family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's oh. incredible. Movie. Oh, I love awesome. Little Women. Yeah. It's so good. It's it. Fun fact it's had six feature film adaptations. Oh, six. wow. Six. This yep. is by far the best, though. Um, From the 30s, I think. Oh. Was, or no, the first one was a, a, a silent British film, actually, in 1917. Interesting. Ooh. Oh, 1917. Um, yeah, and it's just nominated for Best Actress, Best Picture, Best Supporting Actress, Best Score. Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Costume Design. Mm. Got snubbed for Best Picture. Oh, no, it's on Best Picture. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I don't so, think it'll win, though. But got snubbed for Best Director. Shifting gears a little bit. Um, I think Malcolm brought this point up, and I think this is an interesting point, uh, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with Christian film and the way that's portrayed. Um, he brought up the point of at what point – uh, does that break the second commandment? Mm. Is there mm. is there a break in the second commandment? So like making a graven image. So what do y'all think about that? Is that applicable or what? Well, I just know, like, I think we talked about it earlier. I just think that people, since we're broken people and we don't have a full understanding of Jesus' power and like all that he is, I think there's no way that we can fully encapsulate that in ways that we can understand. So I think any way we try to do that, we're going to fall short of doing that. And that obviously stems like that's where the controversy is in any movie that depicts Jesus is people are concerned that he's not Jesus-y enough. And I think that while that's a little cliche way of saying it, I think there's truth in that, that we as broken people fall short of Jesus. And because we fall short of Jesus, we can never fully understand him and we can never fully encapsulate his image in a movie. Yeah, I think yeah. I think you put it a, a great way. I don't know necessarily that it directly violates it, mm. but I do for sure. Like I I um Malcolm brought this up and I I absolutely can I see myself agreeing with him in that um it can lead to that. It can lead yeah. to your image of Jesus being the one that Mel Gibson wrote. Yeah. Right. Well, one thing that is me and my dad would often say, just kind of funny, is old like Trevor. Oh, old Trev, sponsor us. Love it, please, <laughs> please, Dad. I, I need, I need money. Look at me. Um, Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, when I see Jesus, I see Jim Caviezel. What and like, <laughs> that's not what my dad said. <laughs> was that? That's just how we say. Stop. It. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's like. Jim Caviezel is not Jesus. Yeah, personally, I see Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Uh-oh. I think I think it does draw an interesting uh, interesting line of like uh, how like why why would we try and picture Jesus? Mm, yeah, and I think that with Passion of the Christ, I think 
despite the um, the whole stigma about it being too violent, which I totally disagree with. Yeah. Um, Silly Willie. Because it was a violent thing, if you didn't know. Um, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty gruesome. Um, huh. But I, I did not know that. <laughs> I thought it was like over dramatized. Oh, oh. Yeah. But, jeez. Um, <laughs> um, but I think that with Passion of the Christ, it's a very powerful means of explaining of showing the gospel yeah and there's some deviation like the whole weird satan baby thing yeah but i mean we don't know what satan looks like i mean well no it was wasn't it satan holding a baby yeah it was Mm. like a weird like i just think that like as a culture if we we're gonna when we make movies about jesus we're gonna do what we do as a culture all the time which is normalize sin in a way Uh it's like culturally we have been hardwired in a way like take the bachelor for example example Uh-oh. obviously okay not a good way to date right like, yeah. agree i right? think it's incredible actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Absolute not a good way to date but literally what god was now in. we're seeing in our society these people who think that this is a good way to date mm. so mm. when we try to interpret jesus like that we, we don't have the caliber to do that like we can't you know what I mean? Like we yeah. cannot, we don't have the capacity to encapsulate what he is. Yeah. And we bring it down and we mess it up. Mm, yeah. Um, wow. Moving kind of from that, a little bit related. Also, hold up. Caroline, That we mentioned the back trailer today. I know you wanted that, so there you go. <laughs> Good job. Did you just shout out your girlfriend? Again? I shouted out my girlfriend <laughs> oh again. My yes, gosh. <laughs> is this going to be a normal thing now? Is this I mean, perhaps. <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. Um <laughs> Getting back to it, <laughs> um, what? How do you think film has played its role in shaping our culture today? Like, how do you think films like Little Women and Silence and a really influential film uh, that I think has kind of like shaped sh- shaped? You're having problems shaped. with words. I though. am. I don't know why. Shuppened. A, a really influential <laughs> film like that came out this year that I think kind of spoke to us as a society wow. is Joker. Yeah, I really, okay. I really do. Um, and there's other films too, like throughout the years. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. But what what's your take on how film uh, plays its role in like shaping yeah. society? So I think that culture? I think that it's important to realize the difference between what is if we're talking about culturally and biblically like what is how's our shape how's film shaped our view that's pulled us away from biblical truth yeah Mm. right so i think that's what it's doing in general um because we can't create something like the bible Mm. that jesus did like we can create things that help us understand that or help us study that but we can't create something as perfect as jesus or as the bible Mm. so i think that anything that we create is going to be a deviation in a way whether it's slight or major yeah. But movies like, so take Silence again, for example. Silence is really good at challenging you to think about Christianity. Yeah. And I think that's appropriate. Like, I think that's cool that it does that. And then we take something not like that, something maybe um, that would glorify, like The Bachelor, again, that would glorify sex and glorify, um, you know, dating around and glorify all this kind of stuff. And that I think that pulls us away from that. And we're seeing that more and more in culture and movies, especially is, hey, it's okay to 
go sleep around with these people. Like that's not bad. Yeah. And I think that's just a cultural thing, but um, being able to recognize what, like how to take something like that. And instead of saying, okay, this is truth, maybe take that and say, okay, how is, how can I look at this closer to realize what is true about it and what mm-hmm. is not true about it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think with, with, especially in America, cause I've only lived in America, fun fact. Um, really? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but I think that we're such a visual culture mm. and there's, I, I've learned just through like, I took an art class where we talked some about this uh, this past semester and just like people telling me about things. There's like within marketing and uh, producing images for like advertisement and stuff, there, there's such like a, there's a subtle way that messages are put across. Um, and the only, like we don't even consciously pick up on that, but because we're just consuming images all the time, yeah. there, there's some estimates that say that we consume 10,000 images a day. Wow. Uh, and that, that's, that's on the more liberal end of yeah. uh, the guess, but um, we consume so many images a day. And I think with movies, you're strapped in for at least an hour and a half mm-hmm. of watching uh, a film. Mm-hmm. And so, whatever you're exposing yourself to, like The Joker is a great example. Like, I think that's an incredible film, but there, there is the, the fact that it is a very like grotesque mm-hmm. Very film, violent, very, very dark. violent. And you have to guard yourself when you're going into that. I'm not saying don't watch those films. Right. Certainly there are films you shouldn't watch. Yeah. Like I'm not personally gonna watch a movie with gratuitous sex in it, mm-hmm. um, but you just have to guard yourself. You have, yeah. to, you have to have discernment mm-hmm. about what you're doing because that will not only shape the culture around you, but the culture that you're building within yourself. Yeah, I think I think uh, the problem within kind of this Christian culture that we're in, the problem I, I, I see a lot um, is that people run into this kind of mindset that's, you know, I'm not going to watch a film like Joker because of the violence in it, or I'm not... I, I, had someone the other day tell me they weren't going to watch Marriage Story because it's like about divorce. And I was like, okay, that's a whole other conversation. But it it's, it's misshaping your perception of culture. Hmm. Because if you stay away from all of these films that deal with things in our harsh reality, you're making this own cookie cutter box reality for yourself that's hmm. separated from all of that so yeah. that when you encounter those things you're in gonna, real life, you're going to be wrecked. It's going to be devastating. Um, so that there's my two cents on it. Yeah, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when people are like, "I'm not going to watch that movie" or "I'm not going to read that book because it's too right. this." Yeah, I've, and I think there's there's freedom. Like I think that a lot of that comes from this idea that we have to be bogged down in like laws and stuff, but we're like free from the law. That Mm. doesn't, that doesn't change the fact that not all things are good for me. Um, So you have to use your own discernment of like, okay, at what point do I draw the line? And if if that's what the Holy Spirit convicts you of and and about, that's fine for you. But don't just weigh yourself down with new laws just for laws sake. You know, don't discard something because it's has some, doesn't have a whole lot of truth Mm -hmm. like don't discard it because it's not you know like the bible doesn't say we don't have to watch anything but read the bible like it doesn't say that we can enjoy other things 
but it's about how we enjoy that is important. Yeah, like, and I think there's even biblical lessons to be found in yeah, a yeah. lot of uh, modern cinema because I don't know. Like, I even look at Marriage Story. I talked about that a second ago. Um, that I to me by the end of the film is a perfect picture of true love and selflessness. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to watch that. It shifts from this kind of empty void love within their marriage to this um, like very selfless kind of love that is catalysted by their son. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And it's very, it's very beautiful. It, like the bridge is gapped. Right. Yeah. And uh, I mean, without spoiling anything, you get to learn like what, why they're getting divorced. And like you get to learn yeah. the nasty side of what having a non godly marriage, a non biblical marriage looks like and yeah. where that leads up. And mm-hmm. you and you see throughout the film like it starts out and then they start using the lawyers and the lawyers represent the worst sides of them. Yeah. And then it, like you get to see neither of them are right and really neither of them are wrong. Right, right. They're just not yeah. Yeah. right for each other. And it's just oh it's so it's such a beautiful it's movie. It's a great movie. Great so movie. beautiful. But um yeah. Yeah, so I think um, I think this is a good episode. This was an awesome conversation. Yeah. It's a little longer. It's a little longer, but that's all right. I like <laughs> it. Well, I think today was an awesome episode. Lewis, thank you for coming on. Yes. I really enjoyed I it. I really thank enjoyed you. it. I appreciate yeah, you we, guys we, letting me. Yes, thank y- yes. Good. Yes. Good. Good. Um, thank you. Yeah, yeah we, we hope you guys enjoyed. Um, we really enjoyed making this. This was really fun for me to make. Um, I have just lots and lots of pages of notes that I didn't even use, but... <laughs> Mm. It's very fun for me. Something you're passionate about. I will share them with Lewis. Yeah, film's one of my one of my largest. And I appreciate having an outlet to talk about. Of course. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the quality of being heard. You know what I'm saying? Uh oh. Wait, it's kind of like that's the name of our podcast. Oh. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So, uh, thank y'all. We'll see you next week. I've our Jacobur. Archibald. (laughs) Bye. Lost my mind What I'd find All of the pressures that I've left behind On Allison Road Warm John Butter I know Fools in the rain When the sun gets through Fires in the heavens And the eyes I knew On Allison Road Guys, why do we do this every week? Can you just stop? Can you just sit down and get ready to sit, please? I have two chords coming out of my coming out of my brain right now. I don't it's weird. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right.